Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Hope for Today. Thanks for being my guest today. I think you're going to be challenged and really, hopefully, invigorated in faith uh, out of the spiritual gifts, the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. I would say uh, the, the gift that I really gravitate to the most is faith. So I love to talk about faith. And today I have a guest who lives faith. He walks faith. And um, faith is something that we're going to talk about today. So I want to welcome Peter Reeves. Welcome, Peter. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Pastor John. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you're in Orlando, Florida right now, correct? Yes, this is home, sunny Orlando, Florida. So uh, getting the opportunity to show off the palm trees yes. in the background. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I would say I'm jealous, but I see you're outside. And outside in Orlando is still pretty warm in August. <laughs> it is. It is. I got to be real. I am sweating like crazy. Right. And so... Uh, it, yes, it's probably cooler wherever you are. Yes, well, You're it's not Texas. it's not cooler here. Uh, Fahrenheit has been 103 to 108 all week, but you got the wow. hum, you beat us with the humidity, so Certainly. it feels hotter Certainly. there. Well, uh, Peter, I'm so glad you're our, our guest today. Peter travels extensively across the United States. He's an evangelist to the United States, and he also serves as the evangelist pastor at Faith Assembly of God in Orlando, Florida. And I, I picked up something from uh, his page that says, don't see things as they are, see them as they should be. So that's total faith. So um, talk about that. Why did you choose that as your main you know, post on your page? Yeah, I think I've, I've just learned... Um, you know, as you grow and mature as a leader, as a pastor, uh, that it doesn't really take a lot of effort, faith, or intelligence, for that matter, to see things as they are. I right. mean, anyone can say, see something bad and say, hey, that's pretty bad. Uh, but it does take a lot of faith, a lot of perspective, um, a lot of expectation to say, hey, this is how things could be and how they should be. And so uh, about four years into my ministry journey, uh, I was really battling um, just not, I think every, every pastor battles, not what, not seeing the culture that I wanted uh, to be present in my ministry present. And uh, I felt like the Lord, I, I was just reading about faith, how it's impossible to please God without faith. Right. And I said, God, I need you to help make this real for me. And uh, somewhere along the lines through a different compilation of reading books, podcasts, this is the quote that I kind of generated from all those sources. Like, Hey, do not see things as they are. See them as they should be. And if you're always doing that, you're always operating in faith. And so at that time, four years into ministry, I was a youth pastor. You know, I'd walk into the room and say, well, this is what this room is. But what should it be? Man, this, there should be lights over here. The chair should be set up like this. This corner should be clean, right? These, these cups shouldn't be here. And then I would look at our student ministry and say, man, this is where they are, but this is where they should be. They should be reaching out to their schools. They should be giving the missions. I would look at our leadership team and say, hey, here's where they are right now, but this is what they should be doing. They should be investing in the lives of students and duplicating themselves. And all of my vision for what I was doing right in front of me came from not seeing things as they are, but as they should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's really important to me. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean, that, that breaks down into all of our lives. Uh, I'm thinking... 
first off, medically, uh, we get reports. We look at things with our body, our, our sicknesses, and it's easy to start losing faith then and saying, oh, no, this is the report. But when we surround ourselves with people of faith and we feed ourselves with the Word of God, we realize faith is more valid than what our eyes can see. So uh, oh, I like that. So good. And also, yeah. in the, you know, in your finances, uh, you can look at your bank account Certainly. and not be very encouraged at times. But when you trust God, Jehovah Jireh, who is our provision, man, he comes through. He's, he's faithful. So there's so many areas of our life that God comes just in spite of reality. And I think that's where sometimes non-believers have trouble with Christians because we talk as though things are, which the scripture tells us to do uh, before they yeah. materialize. I mean, I, I would be nowhere in ministry if I believed everything around me. <laughs> right, exactly. I actually resonate with those people who have a tough time uh, connecting with Christians because of that reason. I mean, when I first got saved, the people that made me feel the most uncomfortable were those that operated in great faith, great expectation. Right. Like, uh, like my youth pastor, uh, he was a great man. He was a tall white dude. He had a bald head. He looked like Mr. Clean. Uh, he was our youth pastor. He, he was one of those people that operated in great faith. And, you know, I would tell people, don't you sneeze around pastor, right? Don't sneeze around him. Don't cough around him because he will pray for you to get here. Like right. he's not joking. And uh, I, I actually, he used to make me feel so uncomfortable because he, you know, he had great faith and he would hold everyone accountable. Like I would come in and tell him like, Hey pastor, I'm really struggling with anger. And then he'd be like, man, let's pray right now. Put his hands on me. Like, and he would just pray so loud. God, Peter Reeves, he lives at 3550 street road. Social security number one, one, nine, six, four, five, four. You know what he'd be Like he's struggling with anger. And I'm like, well, now everybody knows my problem. Right? But he was, <laughs> he was praying with great faith and praying out loud. So it was aware, like everyone was aware, like, Hey, this is where your starting point is, but this is where you're going. You know, right. my, my mom was one of those people too a person of faith i'll never forget it she was really real with me and said one time she said peter you know uh we don't have enough money to pay the rent this month so we need to pray that god is going to provide us and mom that's beautiful actually my mom's african so she said we need to pray that god is going to answer i was like all right perfect you know so uh she uh i will never forget it we were in church and they started passing those buckets it was right. the first time i was actually in an adult service and the bucket got to me, and I was like, wow, God does answer prayer so quickly. I started taking money out the bucket. Ah. <laughs> I was like, he is so faithful. This is amazing. <laughs> and uh, my mom started freaking out. The deacons started freaking out. They're like, put the money back in the bucket. But my mom did something weird. She took an, a check out of her pocketbook, and she put it in the offering. And I said, mom, you just told me we didn't have enough money, so why would you give what we don't have. And she said, son, simple. We're asking God to bless us financially. So we need to sow a seed. We need to go ahead and give God something to bless. And that's why I think people miss out on faith is right. they think, well, if I just ask God to do something, he'll do it. It's like, no, no, you got to give him something to bless. And that's faith. So if you want God to bless your marriage, don't just say God bless my marriage. Give him time and kindness and things to bless in that marriage. If you want God to bless your influence, right? Don't just say, God bless my influence. Start to put out podcasts and put out leadership material and different things. Like give God something to bless right. and it'll turn into a blessing. That's faith. That's, That's awesome. Anyway. Well, I'm going yeah. to step aside a little bit from this faith. Uh, I heard you say your mother is African. Where is she from? She's from Zambia. Zambia. She's from Zambia. Okay. She grew up in Lusaka. Okay. So have you been to Zambia? No, I have not been. What do you guys think? Do, does Peter need to go to Zambia? Resounding yes. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, that'll yeah, be so great. It's, it's coming. It, it, it is, is coming. coming. And so, yeah. Peter, I will give you the first thousand dollars towards your trip to Zambia. So, um, thank you, Pastor. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see you go to the nations. Uh, you speak yeah. right now to 200,000 people a year in the United States. And so as you begin to branch out into these other nations, those numbers, I'm going to prophesy, they're going to grow dramatically. God's going to open Amen. some powerful doors to you. And, and I just speak over Zambia right now, since Zambia is the hot topic, that Zambia would continue to seek after God. I know God's done some great things in that nation, and I'm just believing for increased revival and all the way to the high levels of government that, that the Lord would come Beautiful. through and do the miraculous in that nation. Well, tell me a little bit about you and Joanna and the family you have and a ministry that you guys have. Yeah. So me and my wife, we are um, evangelists here at uh, a church in Orlando, Florida. We love it so much. Uh, we're the evangelist pastors. And uh, it's just been a tremendous blessing. Our ministry in conjunction to partnering with um, all these like different churches, we run a nonprofit called Reason Initiative. And the focus of Reason Initiative is to send foster and adoptive students on spiritual transformation trips. So as we travel all around the country, we partner with different families, different foster students, and we send them to camps, conventions, and sometimes we even get to send them on a college visit, making them the first person in their family, you know, to, to go to college. And right. so that's, that's just been amazing. And, uh, man, we really, really, really love what we get to do. Uh, we've been able to support several different students. Right now we have about 80 kids in our pipeline that we are raising funds for. 100% of the donations that come in go to those students and their families. And uh, we send them on transformational trips uh, that revolutionize their spiritual life. We all know, uh, from the most part in the States, the power of a youth camp or a youth convention right. or a missions trip. You know, um, sometimes foster students and students in situations like that tend to see their situation so negative. And then we take them to different lands and places and spaces, sometimes in the nation, sometimes outside of the country, um, and expose them to a bigger world where people need God. And we turn them from um, just having like maybe like a I'm so sad mentality right. or victim mentality into a warrior mentality. And they're the ones bringing the gospel. And so yeah, that's, that's our moment. heart's passion. And that's, I said, we preach just to, just to talk about foster care because we think it's so powerful. We think they are an untapped reach people group. And our goal is to send 10,000 students, kids around the country on 10,000 spiritual transformation trips that's in the next 10 great. years. So give us that website. And uh, because if you're just listening and not watching, you won't see it. It's on the screen. But what's that website? It's just peter-reeves.com. And then when you get there, you just click on Reeves Initiative and all of our information pops okay, up. That's peter-reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S, -E 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 initiative.com. Yep. So check it out. Um, now, you, how long have you been married to Joanna? Well, we have been together since we were 15 years old. Wow. And we're 30 now. Yeah. And so we got married nine years ago. So this year will be 10. And uh, next year we will be longer together than we haven't been together. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and you have two beautiful children. Yeah, that's two cool. beautiful children. My daughter's name is Charlie. My son's name is Mac. And they are the best. They are really the best. My my daughter, I'm, uh, she's, she's very sassy. I'm trying to teach her that daddy's a pastor and he's an evangelist. He travels and speaks. And so the other day I had the unfortunate a pleasantry of putting her in timeout. And she turned back at me with this look on her face and she said, not nice, pastor. I ah. said, oh my God. 
You, well, we hear that often, just not from our kids always. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, I guess not often, but it does happen. That, exactly. That's wonderful. Um, last week, you were in Ohio, and the Assemblies of God, which you're a part of, asked you to speak at their youth congress, and uh, probably about looked like the crowd was about 15,000 people, 20,000. Yeah, about yeah. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, how did that service go? Man, it was tremendous. I think something special happens when you get that many young people in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's it's evidence of what God has already been doing all summer. And it's right. just like, that's the completion of like, hey, we're all together. It was tremendous, honestly. Like, I can't take credit for anything that happened in the room. I, like, obviously, the spirit of the Lord moved in such a powerful way. I mean, students were getting delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, everything we can hope for. Um, and so, you know, sometimes God's even moving in such a spectacular way that things we didn't even preach are happening. And right. so, um, I was just so blown away by that opportunity, uh, to share. And I think it gives me, uh, just great, um, courage in the next generation of what God is doing amongst them. They want Jesus. They're hungry. Right. Uh, they're ready for, they're ready, ready for a move of God. And uh, they're here. They're ready to carry the mantle of the church. It's it's really powerful. That's great. Well, you know, I, I love the nations. Partner with the nations, go to the nations. But I also ask the nations to pray for my home country, which is the United States. So um, you have been very involved in youth ministry. Still are involved in youth ministry and other ministries. How can we ask the nations to pray for our youth culture? What do they need right now? Yeah, I think what they need uh, number one is. You know, we're, we're talking about this in all different circles and spheres, different denominations, um, not just the Assemblies of God, but biblical literacy is a, a huge mm-hmm. thing. Uh, we need to pray that our students learn to know the God of the Bible. Right. Um, and then and then simultaneously that that parents would pass down legacies of faith. You know, I just read today in the Psalms, uh, David records, he says, we know what our ancestors have said about you. And th- that phrase just got me. I was like, I love that. It's a right. passing down of faith. Like we need to pray that that happens, that we, we have more conversations about what God has done and what he's doing. We need to pray um, just for, I mean, morality. Like the things that right. our kids are being offered um, are things that we weren't offered until we were in our 20s. And even me, I just turned 30 in my late 20s. And they're being offered that at 11 and sure. 12. And it's like, we need to pray, God, please. Like asking the nations to pray, God, would you please... So those are some great prayer points from Peter, and uh, I'm praying for our nation, the United States, and probably every nation with our young people. I think we could also add courage, that they would have courage, the believers especially would have courage to tell their friends about Jesus. Well, I wanted you to see Peter in action. This is from uh, in Ohio, the state of Ohio, last week when he spoke to a uh, probably about 20,000 young people. So I just wanted to give you a taste of who he is and what he does. God's grace, it works in me, but it also works for me. Oh, the gospel is we are saved by grace through faith. Let me read you a scripture. Let me read you a scripture. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9 says, don't be lured away by the latest speculations about him. In other words, don't listen to everything you hear about Jesus. Get this. The grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. 
Products named after Christ don't seem to do much for those who buy them. Let me tell you today, if you're going to build your life on anything, build it on the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. He gives it freely. Build your life on that grace. You know, the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. You staring at your sin will never get you to the place you want to go, but you staring at the sun can take you there quickly. Ooh, I learned that the hard way in high school because I got invited to later as a, as a freshman in high school, I got invited to my first high school party. I was like, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. They're going to play Twister, Connect Four, Uno. Are they going to have checks mix? I said, I'll bring Twister. So I showed up and I was like, guys, I'm here. And there was no Twister, no Connect Four, no Uno, just drinking. And I was like, I guess we're not playing Twister. And I remember being in that room, just kind of looking around at people because I didn't know what to do. I was in ninth grade and my mom always told me, she said, if you ever touch alcohol, your hand will fall off. Like, I need this, you know? And so I'm in this high school party. I'm looking at people, you know what I mean? Just kind of walking around. And my friend who invited me there, he wasn't my friend for real though. My friend who invited me there, he said, y'all want to talk to my grandma? I said, this is no environment for your grandmother. What are you talking about? And he pulled out this Ouija board. Yeah. He put out this Ouija board. See, some of y'all like, nah. Ah. Why do y'all always do that? Y'all be like, ah. I'm like, it's called a tongue scraper. Okay, anyway. So he pulled out this Ouija board, and my man starts trying to talk to his grandma. Now, I stood back immediately. I was like, mm-mm, in the name of Jesus. I'm calling scriptures. I'm, I'm calling scriptures, and I didn't even know that many scriptures, so I just started quoting books of the Bible. I was like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Jesus' name. Uh-huh. Silas, Paul, Timothy. I'm calling our names. For God so loved the world, right? And I don't mess with those Ouija boards. I don't mess with nothing Ouija. I don't even pick Luigi and Mario and Luigi. I don't mess with none of that stuff. Okay? So, so he's trying to talk to his grandma. And, and I'm not going to lie. I started laughing, right? Like, you know when somebody's trying to be serious? They're like, yeah, bro, I got punched you in the face. You're like, <laughs> Who punched you in the face? Oh, it was a girl? <laughs> what happened? So I'm laughing at these people, right? And my friend Ed gets mad. He's like, Pete, stop playing games. He's like, you're the weird one that be going to church and stuff and praying and doing all that weird stuff. And I was like, oh, I will take my Twister and go. I do not deserve this kind of talk. I'll play Twister with my mom. Give me my stuff, right? So I started walking home and I realized, I realized real quickly that, wait a minute, maybe I am weird. Maybe, maybe I'm weird because I pray to Jesus and I believe in Jesus and I'm walking with God. And then the Lord started to speak to me on my way home and said, no, no, no. What's weird is that they're cool living with depression. What's weird is that they need drugs to function. What's weird is that they're depressed. What's weird is they have no joy. What's weird is that they're empty. What's weird is that they have no hope. That's what's weird today. So I guess I'll take my Jesus because this weird comes with peace. This weird comes with joy. This weird comes with righteousness. This weird comes with holiness. This weird comes with worship. This weird comes with everything I need to live a life to glorify God. Oh, I'll take the weird because the weird comes with blessing. I thank God for the grace of God that got me out of that room. See, because his grace works in you, but it also works. It works for you. So wasn't that great? I just love the ministry of Peter Reeves and his wife, Joanna. 
And so I just thank you, Peter, for being my guest today. Thank you, nations, for being a part of that. Those of you who are in the United States watching, thank you for partnering with me. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in my life and John Bates Ministries. And I'm going to put on here some of the upcoming ministry events that I have that I could really use your support. So thank you for partnering with me. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a friend of the nations. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.